It says there live. We well, yeah, it's been it said live for quite some time. I'm pretty sure it's live from right now. Yep. Setting data. Sure? Yep, it's on live on uh on live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. We are definitely live. All right then. And we've got our chat box. Oh, we're doing that, are we? We've got our um, we've got our chat box. <laughs> so uh, people will be able to chat with us. Oh, we've already got a viewer. Go team! Oh, two viewers. Man, it's all happening. No, Hello, nowhere folks. near the no. Oh, three viewers. Nowhere near the sixty-seven viewers that I had when it was just me and you weren't involved. How you doing, yeah. Morpheus? <laughs> Sorry. How how you doing, Cipher? Oh, well, 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 we meet again. Hey, Andre, how you doing, buddy? Um, <laughs> all right, we, sh we should do something. We should, we Dude, should start a podcast. Yeah, we're, we're, the podcast has started, man. How you doing? Great, man. Good. How are you? Man, I'm awesome. What do you want to talk about this week? Nothing. Great. <laughs> I just want to count the viewers that we get and the viewers well, that we've leave. Got, we've got 10 so far. I think that's going to go down. <laughs> that's going to go down quite rapidly. Wow, we... 10 that's our highest in we've, history. Got, we've got 11 now it's all happening yes. yeah, maybe maybe we should just spend one whole episode looking at viewers it's yeah. the glasses i'm I think telling actually, you man. oh no oh no oh no we're down to nine i don't think it's the glasses uh, all right all right all right um just by uh, the way if you are listening to this live uh, and you're on facebook or youtube um if you're on my facebook page or the youtube page if you guys comment in either of those we can see your comments um or at least i can see your comments and i can read them out to Jono. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, cool beans. All right. Uh, episode nine. Yeah, man. It's all happening. Episode nine. We are we're getting close to ten. Wow, you're in you're in good form tonight. I am in good form. Yeah. Nine is one less than ten. That's correct. And I'm just saying we're getting close. Yeah, man. That's that's good. Thanks for sharing. We might want to celebrate. On the tenth no. episode. No, maybe we'll maybe yeah maybe we can celebrate by not doing our tenth one in shame. Yeah, <sighs> dude, we're down to seven. We need to fucking do something. Dude, people come and go. It's all right. Just let uh, it. Let just, dude. You're really reactive tonight. Th this is why no one watches you and everyone watches me because I get after it. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Well, uh, let's get after it then. Great. Well, welcome everyone to number nine. It's a pleasure to be here um what's on your mind man what do you want us to talk about today um well i got some pretty good feedback from a client of ours and an amazing client of ours and he said last week's episode was his favorite episode cool yeah and what he said he really liked and it's funny because you know we <laughs> it's like the opposite of what we normally do yes but uh, it's working. And, you know, what he said he liked was the fact that when he came on, he knew he had an idea of what we were unpacking for mm -hmm. the podcast. So cool. specifically we were talking about COVID and, and, you know, the times that is that are present at the moment and what are people doing around us and how we can help. Um, so he really liked that. He really liked the structure at the start. Cool. Now, you know, and, we dance for most of these things, right? So yeah. whatever comes, comes. But hey, just before you keep going, we're at 15. Awesome. Great. That's a record. Hello, 15 members. Yeah. And again, and Andre is the only one commenting right now, but if you do want to comment, we can see that. Uh, and guys, if you want me to put my Morpheus glasses on, well then, you know. Yeah, your cipher glasses. And our, we, oh, the, as soon as you put the glasses back out, the viewers are crumbling. We're down to 14. Please take them back oh, off. Yeah. Shit. Dude. Okay, so what I was saying was, um, yeah, last week's episode was great. We had a little bit of structure around, you know, what we were going to talk about. Uh, and I feel like guys can can grab something immediately and follow along. Cool. Now, something that you talked about last week was this present time, COVID. And we were really talking about what we can do as human beings to turn this time around uh, for it to be positive, for it to work for us rather than against us. Yes. And you you were saying the first thing that you need to really recognize is that if you are in survival, like if if you literally can't um, 
put food on the table and uh, you know get money the way you used to and provide for your family, you need to sort that out first. Mm. I would like you to talk about, and I know we've come out with a COVID toolkit, which is awesome. So maybe we can go into a little bit of like what you're liking about the COVID toolkit as well yeah. and how it can help. But the first cool. thing is, the first thing is like guys that are actually in survival right now. Yeah. Well, let's, okay, great. So let's talk about survival mode. Now, first of all, the COVID anxiety toolkit uh, is done. It's uploaded. Um, we're just getting like the guys in our brotherhood to kind of go through and listen to it at the moment to make sure there's no big mistakes. Or I actually try nice. not to swear at all. I think I only swear three times in four hours, which is miraculous. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go through all of this in detail. So maybe let's not spend too much um, yeah. on this on that, because again, we'll just leave that all there. But the big distinction is there's two things here. One is the difference between human spirit and human animal. Now, this distinction comes from a wonderful woman called Alison Armstrong, who has just about the best relationship resources I think you can find on the planet. She's that good. Um, the two books that I would recommend people listen to, and it's important that you listen to them because number one, it won't land if you don't have her voice because she has a very unique and you can really feel her. So she can say potentially triggering things, but they kind of get past your barriers because of who she is. And the second thing is she actually plays recordings from her seminars um, mm. and she'll have live people in her seminars talking about the things that she's talking about. So the two books that I'll encourage people to listen to is number one, uh, the amazing development of men. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I think it's called the amazing development of men. Uh, and then the second thing, uh, Michael Burns, I don't think it comes from the Bible, human animal and human spirit. I think we might've got just distracted there. Uh, and then the second thing is uh, the uh, understanding women, unlocking the mystery. Now, I encourage everyone on this podcast to go and listen to the, bo the book about men. I myself, plus other people that I know, cried when they heard that book. I cried when I heard that book. Literally just out in the middle of nowhere, tears came out of my eyes. And I know multiple other men who've gone through the same thing because they feel gotten at a level that they've never felt gotten before. Right, which I think is really interesting. Um, and it's really like, I'm just going to go ahead and block Michael. Uh, you're being sassy in the comments. Um, he's gone now. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he's gone now. We don't have to worry it's, about him. It's that quick. Yeah, it's that, it's just literally a button. But uh, he just told me that I hadn't read the Bible champ. And I'm like, dude, calm down. Oh, wow. uh, So... Uh, maybe I just don't look at the comments so I can focus on you. How about that? Yeah, I was going to say, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, every, yeah fair enough. Every, Sorry, every I'm now and then you can. Yeah, so um, so here's what I would say. Uh, go and listen to that book. It's an amazing book. And more than one man that I know have read that and cried so much because of how gotten that they feel. Now, the second book, Understanding Women Unlocking the Mystery, was amazing. It wasn't as impactful as the first one. But you listen to those two books as a couple, if you're in a masculine and feminine um, relationship, and it will significantly shift how you communicate, how you get along with each other and quite all that stuff. Now, inside that, she makes this distinction between the kind of two aspects of humanity. You have your human animal, which is like, I see a tiger, I run away. And then you have your human spirit, which is love and joy and connection and service and bringing people together in community and kind of all those wonderful things. And they're separate parts of us, right? So like, it's really important to recognize that at a baseline level, you are an animal which will die. And you have all of the defense mechanisms that, that come as a part of that. Now, with that as our first piece, the second piece then is to understand the distinction between wartime and peacetime. Now, what I notice, just about the most common thing that I notice is people thinking that they're in the trenches when they're not in the trenches. Now, here's what the trenches are for COVID. If you don't have enough money, and you cannot put food on the table for your family, you are not in the trenches. I'm going to say that again. If you do not have money to feed your family, you are not in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Here's what being in the trenches is. Either you or someone that you love is on a ventilator or is about to be put on a ventilator or has some other disease or challenge that they can't deal with because of the pressure on the hospital systems that are being put on them by COVID. That, that hmm. is survival mode. Everything else other than that is a giant fucking problem. It's a giant problem if you can't put food on the table, but you're not in hospital. And I get if someone's listening to this and they feel like they can't put food on the table for their kids, I really get that. And I'm not 
denying or diminishing. And we're not saying that's not a problem. It's a huge problem. And unless you're on a ventilator, that's true survival mode right now. Everything other than that, the full set is a different category of problem. And it's so important that we all approach this from that perspective. Because I see people freaking out who are in amazing positions, right? I see people freaking out who are like, I know a bit about them. They have money. They're going to be fine, especially in this country where the government's giving out like you know so much welfare. And yet they're in survival mode. I'm like, you're making this about you rather than focusing on the people who really need this to be about them and serving them with everything they have. So you know, I said that with a lot of love and I said it with deep respect to the pain that people are going in. And it's also so important that we are accurate in our assessment of whether or not we are truly in the trenches because the far majority of us are not. Even if your business has just gone out of business, you're not going to die, right? And that's in a period of war, that's what we're trying to not do. Mm. We're trying to not die. And, you know, even if your business goes out of business, even if you fucking you know, you're up to your eyeballs in debt. Hey, that's a massive problem. And I let's work through that problem with everything we have. And let's not deny that problem. And I'd still rather be up to my eyeballs in debt than be on a ventilator, right? And it's so important that we're able to, with wisdom and love and non-judgment, have the conversation that like this about everything that's happening so that for most of us, we can take a giant step back and actually accurately look at what's happening rather than all being one millimeter away from the fire and thinking that we're next. Mm. Puts in perspective. Yeah. That's for sure. Cause yeah. I, I didn't think that I thought yeah. that the trenches were, Hey, I'm out of business. Um, and I need help. Yeah. But that's actually a problem to be solved. Yeah. It's a massive problem, but like, and again, we have all these different roles in our lives, right? So you're a father, you're a husband, you're a wife, you're a business owner, you're an employee. Your business might be in the trenches, right? Like you might be about to be wiped out in your business, right? Mm. For, for many people, especially if you're, if you're in hospitality, you're, you're out of business. That is a massive problem. And being out of business and not being on a ventilator is a wildly different world than being out of business and being on a ventilator. Right. And it's like at the bottom of all of these problems is the question, am I breathing? Yes or no. And if the answer to that question is yes, and it's not going to become a no anytime soon, you just have to approach this with a level of humility that this needs to be approached this with. Now, if you are on a ventilator or you know someone who's on a ventilator or like there's a whole category of things we can talk about for those people. And we go into this in detail in the toolkit, but for everyone else, it's like there's, there's, so much good that's happening because if you don't can't put food on your on the, the table for the kids right now the number one thing you need to do is to deal with all of the emotions that that's bringing up the guilt the shame the frustration the overwhelm the anxiety the judgment the self-hatred the why are we here again that i'm not good enough all of that and then once that's dealt with and that's a that's a herculean task once that's dealt with let's get out there and make some fucking money why do we need to deal with that? Because if you don't deal with that first, you're not solving the problem, right? So here's, here's what I mean. It's like, you can, you can really want to lose weight and you can pay a personal trainer X thousands of dollars to train you seven days. You can bring a chef into your kitchen and they take care of every one of your meals and you can lose a, whole, a huge amount of weight for that. And then the second that the system gets shaken, you're going to put it all back on. Because you're not dealing with the real problem. And the real problem is the emotional attachments you have to food. Right? That's yeah. That's well, the when, the, when the, well, that's like having a coach in your corner, right? If the coach isn't there, you go back to old ways. Exactly. You're not actually solving the problem. You're replacing one problem with a separate set of problem. Now, the real reason that you need to deal with all of those, you know, deeper seated problems if you're trying to make money for your family is you need creativity. That's the solution. Creativity and commitment. You put those two things together at their highest levels. Human beings can solve effectively every problem on the planet. We can solve. Like we've been to the moon. Like mm. everyone just fucking calm down. Imagine going to the zoo and seeing chimps and being like, they are going to go to the fucking moon. We did that. Like we went to the moon. Are you fucking high? 
right? <laughs> we can figure out how to make enough money. That's a solvable problem, but it's not a solvable problem if you're in fight or flight, you're beating yourself up, you're angry at yourself, you're frustrated, all that sort of shit. P.S. I'm really triggered as I'm having this conversation. I think we should have a second conversation after this conversation. Great. Yeah, should I lay that out there? Why are you triggered? Well, it has to do with the conversation that we have earlier. And mm -hmm. it has to do with, I don't think people take their life seriously enough. And I get extremely frustrated when I see people not viewing the responsibility they have to themselves and to the world to make the world a better place. But maybe the way you look at that is very different to how other people look at that. Nope. I don't care how they make the world a better place. I am uninterested mm -hmm. in the modality that they use. I don't mm -hmm. care. Right. I don't care. Be a baker, be an artist, go to the moon, be a doctor, be the best father that you can be. I don't give a shit. I have zero interest in telling people how to live their lives from a what you should or should not be doing point of view. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I'm interested in is, are you doing that? Are you taking responsibility for what you want to do so you can make the world a better place? Are you taking responsibility for the relationship that you have with yourself? Are you being serious in healing yourself? Are you recognizing that loving yourself is the most important thing you need to do in your life? Are you viewing yourself as a future hero? Are you taking the actions that you need to take to make the world a better place? Yes or no? Not on Sundays. No, no, no. Fuck Sundays. Yes or no? Are you making the world a better place with your life? Yes or no? And I don't mm. just like, I just get very frustrated when I see people fucking around with that responsibility, right? Acting like I have all the time in the world and there isn't suffering in the world. I can just live my selfish life and fucking avoid everything. And like, cool, I can step out of that world and get it. I've, I've lived that. I get it. And hey, all paths are perfect. And I really understand all of that. And there really isn't any judgment in this for me. I understand why people are doing what they're doing. And part of me is just like, you only get one of these. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you get, you get one shot of birth to death. Mm. One. And so why do we do this? Well, we do it because two reasons. Number one, because to become yourself is the most terrifying thing that you can do in your life, bar none. Bar none. There's nothing else that comes close. Right now, I'm not a woman. I'll never give birth. Great. I'm happy to like have that as a, an argument, but to become yourself, to, to truly look inside and confront what's inside is so scary that most people live their whole lives trying to avoid it. And fair enough. Like who on earth wants to talk about when they broke their neck or when their dad beat their mom or the fact that they feel like they're not enough or the fact that they feel like there's something wrong with them or the fact that they used to be, you know, manipulative towards people or the fact that they feel guilty because their dad died and they think it's their fault or like of course why would you ever want to talk about that like that's scary and rather than doing that let's just go take cocaine or smoke cigarettes or play computer games or gamble right i walked past the newspapers today guess what the biggest single increase has been in australia um, sectors in business because of covid guess what the single biggest industry has exploded it's not gambling. Online gambling. What? It's up 67%. Fuck. And here's, I have two responses to that. Response number one, that fucking sucks. You're in pain. Like, great. There's a small section of online gambling where you're online and gambling because you're powerfully choosing it. It's in integrity. You're not trying to avoid. You just genuinely love the thrill of betting on the horses and you're doing it in a safe and sane way. Dope. Good for mm. you, man. Like all power to you. So that's the first thing. Let's put that aside. Second thing is, if you're gambling to avoid, that sucks, man. Like, I'm sorry that you feel like you have to do that. I'm sorry you feel like you can't be yourself. And I'm sorry that, like, th I'm sorry that this is who you feel like you need to be. And that sucks because I don't want you to feel like, you know, I just don't want you to feel like you have to avoid everything. That's like the second reaction. And the third reaction is fucking wake the fuck up. Like you're a dad. Like, let's go and look at the online people who are gambling. What, probably 80% men, 90% men, right? I personally don't know many women who love the TAB. Nope. I don't actually, think, actually, I know one, right? One of my, one of my brother's friends, right? Great. 
95% of it, let's say 95% of these people who are online gambling are men. You're a, you're a brother and a father and a son. You're a husband, you're a lover, you're a friend. How are all of those areas in your life doing the second that you're online gambling? How are they all? Are you happy with them all? Do you have joy in them all? Do you have meaning inside all of them? Is that where your life is? Or are you taking the piss? Right? And it's like, I just, it's, I just feel like people need to be like, hey, this isn't, you know, uh, this isn't the warm up. Yeah. This isn't, let's make all the mistakes and let's come back again next time and we're going to be good. <sighs> Dude, I'm really getting that, man. Like my grandma just turned 90 yesterday. Wow. And like we had a uh, little conference call on Zoom and like she was just crying the whole time. Mm. And, and I was like, we only get one of these. Yeah. And we don't know when it finishes. When the fuck it ends. No. Dude, isn't that insane? It, yeah, dude, it's 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 literally, you know, like what we say in the base plates, it's one of the three biggest problems in life. It's that life is limited. If life wasn't limited, almost all of the problems in life disappear. But it is. It's just not fucking good enough to have a life of avoidance. And a lot of men have that defensiveness around them when you bring this kind of attitude towards, yep. like when you show them the mirror of, hey, motherfucker, you're only going to live once here and you're suppressing your emotions and you're using gambling to do that. Yep. Like, why don't they snap out of it? It's, very, it's, a, long, it's a long, long, long yeah. question. I it's a long, that. long, long question. And the reason that they don't step out of it is because they don't feel safe. They don't feel safe to express themselves. They don't feel safe to be themselves. And they're not taking responsibility for the fact that they can make themselves safe. It's just responsibility. Responsibility responsibility is is the secret, man. It's like, can you imagine how different the world would be if everyone took responsibility for their own feelings? Because what happens is most people feel a feeling and then they either try and change the external world so their feeling relaxes, they suppress the feeling, or they blame the feeling on someone else. That's how people respond with their reactions. Wait, say well, that to me like, one more time. So there's three so things. You feel a feeling yep. and you try and change the external world because of your feelings. So you're sitting in the cinemas, someone's speaking really loudly. You tell behind me, you say, hey, shut the fuck up because you're feeling angry. Mm-hmm. So you, you change your external world so that you don't feel angry anymore, right? I bet you, you would never do that by the way, right? No. So that, that's, that's number one. Number two, you just push it down. Right. Classic example, people pleasing. Like, hey, can mm. you come over and help me on Sunday? Oh, I don't think I really can. You really don't want to. Are you sure? Come on. I really need you there. Oh, okay. You just buried your feelings. You didn't acknowledge yeah. how you really feel. Right? I'm a the sucker third for that thing, one. Sorry? I'm a sucker for that one there. Yeah, cool. And the third one is, oh, this feeling isn't my fault. It's because Bob called me a prick. That's why I'm feeling how I'm feeling. Yeah, you, you don't take responsibility for the actual feeling. You blame somebody else. Exactly. It's all someone else. Now, can you imagine if instead of all of that, it was, I'm feeling really angry. This is mine to deal with. Even if the person was, was fundamentally wrong in what they said, let me deal with this thing that I'm dealing with. Mm. This is mine. Right? The whole, like, we're just in such a different world. And there's, there's an entire generation of men, a whole generation. And we don't normally talk like this because I'm not like, I'm not the spokesman for men. I'm not an elective representative of men. And I don't ever want to be that. And I don't want to be treated like that. And there's an entire generation of us and women as well, but fuck me, who are checking out and acting as if there's no consequences. Right? Because you and I, we work with the men whose dads checked out. Mm-hmm. We work with them. We work with the guys whose dads were never home. We work with the guys who spend all their money on gambling and so their dad can't afford whatever it is. We work with the guys who come from the broken homes. And it's like you have a responsibility and a pattern of decisions that you can make in your life to increase the chances of that happening or decrease the chances of that happening. And what one are you taking? If you look at the actions that you're taking right now in your life, are you leading 
Is it the probability that there's going to be more suffering in the world because of you or less? What are you doing? Mm. And it's like, everyone needs to think about that question because that's the only question. Now, the answer here isn't to just stop playing the game. The answer here is to play the game for real, to play the game for keeps, to really play life like there's one and that's it. Right? To not just keep acting like this is the warm up and there's no consequences for your decisions. And it's okay if you're always, it's okay if you're never present with your kids, that it's okay if you drink every night, that it's okay if your wife hasn't felt cared for or felt safe in 10 years. That just that's all okay. It doesn't matter. Life's pretty good. It's like, no, fuck you. Your life isn't pretty good. And you fucking know that, but you're just not speaking the truth to yourself because you're scared. And that's not okay. There's a better life for you. And between you and me and the rest of our company, between what you can get for, for free from us, you can change your whole life, right? You listen to the base plates. You listen to every one of our podcasts. You come and like get free coaching on a Monday night with us. Like there's enough there that you could radically change your life. So it's not even a cost thing. It's all free. Hmm. And why are you doing anything else other than that? What are a lot of men so afraid of? I don't know if it's a man, woman thing. I think it's a people thing. It's a human thing. Yeah, It's a yeah. human thing. Like we're scared of being authentic. Like there's such a, um, there's such a like corporatized version of this work where it's like be authentic and express yourself and be emotionally intelligent and be vulnerable. It's like, I don't think you get it. Like, Oh, there's so, so much shit of that. So, that's all that shit. It's like, okay, let's put all that aside. You and I have sat in rooms. You've sat in a room with me where, and guys, this actually happens in our programs where sometimes I'm teaching a program and I get so triggered. I need to stop teaching the program and actually step into the program and have someone facilitate me and I need to do the work. Right. And that happens probably in 50% of the programs that we do. You've sat in a room with me where I shared something that I was so scared of sharing. I went white and I thought I went even whiter. Right. And I just started reflecting all sunlight. You actually couldn't see me. Right. And I thought I was going to pass out. Mm. We've seen guys. There's another guy at our company. Right. Wonderful Eastern European man, big bulky dude. Like we've seen guys like that sweating bullets, like soaked to the core because of the conversation that they're having right now, because they're so terrified of what they're talking about. Like you and I can just list example after example, after example, salt of the earth, men, right. Mechanics, forklift drivers coming in and just like naked. Mm. That's, that's authenticity right? Like that's the standard of authenticity. Let me be fucking naked. Let me let go of control. Let me not try and can do anything. Let me just speak and feel the deepest level, whatever it is. Let me clear everything out of the way and just float. That's authenticity. And it's like, fuck you and your corporate bullshit. That's like, it's that. And no wonder we're terrified of that. Because if you don't create a space Mm. for people number one if you're gonna go into your basement to deal with your dragons like you need to know what to do when you face the dragon right I, I, look at least if you're anyone else other than me and you're not just gonna fucking keep banging your head on the wall until something breaks like you need you need to know what to do right that's like i think about us as guides right we're not facilitators we're not coaches we're really guides and it's like hey we've spent enough time going through the basement ourselves and working with enough people going to the basement that we can guide you down this scary mountain to find the dragon and then do what you need to do and then come back out and there's more light in your you know consciousness we can mm. do that right so you need a guide with you and then the second thing is if you do that around the wrong the wrong situation or the wrong environment people will shut you down mm-hmm and the reason people will shut you down is because they're terrified of having to do that themselves. And so if you go and be vulnerable, you're showing them that they could be vulnerable. 
And rather than, again, taking responsibility for that fear of being vulnerable and being vulnerable themselves, they go out into the world and they stop you from being vulnerable to make themselves feel comfortable. And then it's all okay. They shut you down. They shut you down. And they shut you down because you're threatening their self-perception because you're showing them something that they like don't have to do. Or sorry, that they could do to become more of themselves. We create a very safe space in the container over three days. Yeah. I mean, it really is quite sacred. Yeah, it's um, awesome. And I'm very proud of how we do that. Yeah, totally. Get going, you know, outside of the container it, for guys that haven't had that sacred space before. Yeah. It, it can literally be terrifying. Oh, it's terrifying. Well, it in it the is te- space. exactly. <laughs> what, what can someone do? What can, yeah, anyone do to create that safe space within their own environment? Um, it's hard because you kind of need to be trained. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a skill set. Mm. Um, there's, uh, there's, spectrums of safety right so let's say what we can create in a room is a form of ultimate safety even though there's a lot more we could do to make people feel safer i'm not suggesting that let's let's say we're in an eight in the room or a nine in the room right well to get to a one and a two it's to lead by example uh and to actually just start being a little bit more honest than you would normally be and the other thing is to just name things right like Mm. There are so many men listening to this podcast who haven't told any of their friends that they love them sober. Any of their male friends that they love them sober. I can't even remember the last time I did that. Well, you tell me you love me all the time. But <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on, ho. I we know what we know what's up, right? <laughs> and even even when like you said that to me sometimes, it feels so like different. It feels I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, you know. Sometimes yeah. I don't say it. Well, I ease people in. So it's much love first, right? Yeah. And then when they get comfortable with much love, then it's love you, bro. Yeah. yeah. And then they get comfortable there. And then it's like, hey, man, I love you. So it's like, you got to. Yeah. Even, even as you said that, I was like, ooh, like, you know, yep. this, I still got those feelings around it. It's like, yep. oh, don't go there. Yeah. And that's like, you know, first of all, that just needs to be cut out of the masculine. Like, there's just, there's zero excuse for that. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes within the masculinity stuff, you, like with banter and all that sort of stuff, you can actually build an argument for both sides. You can see the challenge of it and you can see the beauty in it. With weirdness around expressing how much I love someone, that just needs to go. Mm. Like that's just, there's, there is no way to construct that in a way where it's adding benefit to the masculinity. That's just all men being scared of what they're going to be labeled if they become emotive right? I'm going to be weak. I'm going to be gay. I'm going to be not what I'm supposed to be. So let's put positive emotions in the bin. Let's priority act through negative, primarily act through negative emotions. It's okay for me to be angry. It's rarely okay for me to be sad. It's mostly okay for me to just be happy and nothing. And let's just put everything else in the bin. All of that just needs to go, Mm. right? Like tomorrow that can be gone. And the point in here is like, think about how many men in the world it's been 10 years since they heard that someone loves them. There are, there are men whose father, they've never heard, ever heard their father say that I love you. They've never said to their dad that they love them. And let's take all of the fathers and sons who didn't get along and who really don't love each other off the table. And let's just leave the fathers and sons who have at least a respectful, if not good relationship. And how many of them have never said the words, I love you to each other. Mm. Sober. 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 And that's like, that's insane. You know, it feels like it's enough. Like as a a man, I'm okay with it being unsaid, Mm. right? But I'm more terrified of actually saying it. Yeah. And of course you feel like it's okay to be unsaid because if it was anything else other than that, you'd have to say it. Yeah. It's like that what you just did then is such a beautiful example of people's defense mechanisms. 
And we, we talk about this in our seminars, your defense mechanisms have to make sense. If they didn't make sense that they wouldn't work and you wouldn't, they wouldn't keep you safe. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, exactly. And so of course you're okay with leaving it unsaid because if you weren't okay with leaving it unsaid, you would say, but what you've not done is actually take responsibility and say, well, am I genuinely okay moving through life, not telling men that I love them? I feel like my defense mechanism just said, yeah, yes. Of course it did. Yeah, of course it did. Because it's fine. It's already run the math for you, right? It's already decided for you. And it's like, here's the answer. Flashcard, yes. Right? It's like, wow. okay, thank you. That's part of me. Thank you. You know, again, if you've watched the base plates, you get this. That's a part of me in my kingdom. Who do I need to be for that part of me? Okay, well, let's just keep him safe. He's okay. Now, as the king, as me, not the parts of me, how do I want to move through life? Like, again, imagine- It's a very simple all... answer. Exactly. It's the most obvious answer in the world. Why would I do anything else other than tell people that I love them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's uh, even as you just said that, I, I as soon as you mentioned king, like, what would the king do? The CEO of all my fucking employees, what would he do? Dude, of course he'd say- I love you, bro. Of course. I love you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And the like, defense mechanism, he's he's pretty chilled though. Yeah. He he's like, eh, dude, we're fine. Yeah, exactly. But again, it needs to. This is why defense mechanisms are so good, is because they're seductive. It needs to make sense. If it didn't make sense, you wouldn't. Like it wouldn't be a defense mechanism. It's like, there's a saying that it's very hard to get a man to change his mind when his paycheck depends on his mind being the same way. It's like, <clears throat> it's very hard to work in oil and gas and believe in climate change. Because if you really believed in climate change, you wouldn't be working in oil and gas. Right? It. Yeah. And again, and what we're, what we're talking about right now, this is about learning how to think. Because there's mm -hmm. all these ways that your brain presents you with options. It's like if you go to a restaurant and you sit down and there's a difference between a la carte and like the feasts. If someone shows up and, and, you, and you just get given a menu and there's only the feast options, well, you still have choice, but your choices have been pre-chosen for you, mm. right? So it's like you've got three different feasts and you can choose any one you want, but you can't change the order of the meal versus showing up and it's a la carte. You can pick whatever you want, right? Option number one, there's feasts. That's your defense mechanisms. You move through life thinking that you're choosing and you are choosing, but your choices are already pre, it's like the game's rigged, mm. right? You, you can never beat the house. The, the, they've shuffled the deck for you. So you're still winning, but you're not succeeding or whatever, however you want to work the metaphor. That's the difference between getting an option and having an a la carte. And what we just did then is we took it from the feasts, we just worked with the defense mechanism and now we have a la carte. Now, sometimes it's rare, but sometimes you choose what you chose before you had full choice. Do you know what I mean? Like on the other side of all of that, you could have actually been in the place of, I don't want to say I love you to people. Yeah, but yeah. That example, it's unlikely, but you could have, and that's okay. Yeah. Cause you're choosing with all the choices on the board. What mm. happens is, is the defense mechanisms without you, when you're not looking, wipes half the decisions off the board. And then you feel like you're choosing when in actual fact, you're not. Mm. And that all goes into responsibility, right? And care. And that's, that's why we do what we do. And it's like what the hero consciousness is, is you just have choice in every moment. Your, your choices aren't chosen for you. You have the full range of experience open to you and you can powerfully pick. And what inevitably happens is you just end up bumbling your way through life with joy, which I think is a pretty cool way to live. Why the hell is it so easier for women to say, I love you than it is for guys? Well, uh, two answers. One patriarchy, like there it's natural to express. Uh, it wasn't always like that for men, right? So like it used to be normal for men to write poetry and for, you know, um, 
every guy who carried the, I think it was when Lord Nelson died, every guy who carried his like coffin to the thing, they were all crying. Like it didn't always used to be that men couldn't feel emotions. I think, and again, I'm not a masculinity expert. I don't know, but I think a lot of that changed in World War One and World War Two, And like, fair enough that like, it's okay. Mm. You can't be emotional during World War Two. I get that. Like Dwight Eisenhower, who was the guy who was, the head of all of the military for the allies in world war ii his dad died during world war ii and he got the message he gave himself one hour to mourn in his office and then he just buried it and kept fighting the war and like i'm not going to judge that do you know what i mean like fuck fair enough man okay like i get it so that's the first thing and then the second thing is we all have this internal system of like feel something I don't want to feel, push it down and then have defense mechanisms to make sure I don't want to move through it again. What men do is they try and force their way through the walls to get to the other walls. Whereas women don't, they surrender or let go. It's a better way of saying it. And by letting go, oftentimes the walls dissolve. And so what I notice happened, and this is again, spent two years working with women, you know, we're a year and a bit in working with men is men are often in a more like a more um, it's like a more severe burn with men. Whereas women, it's like, it's like a small burn over a long period. Again, I'm generalizing here. It's like we've got a lot of armor. Like we're, we're you know, we've yeah, got we've got a lot, a, of, got a lot of armor, but the way we're trying to deal with that armor makes the armor worse. Whereas <laughs> women probably have less armor. And then the way that they're trying to deal with that armor makes the armor better mm. right and that's i think it's a i think it's it's like the desire to conquer like you put a man in front of a wall and what's he supposed to do he's supposed to bash his head against the wall until the wall breaks mm. and it's like cool that's gonna work for some walls that'll work for most walls it'll just make the wall stronger and even if you get through to the other side how's your head feel right but we just we're not allowed to think about that as men whereas a woman will walk up to the wall and she's like hey there's a door. Why don't I just go through the door? Right? It's like, exactly. And then look, women have a whole separate other category of problems that they have to deal with that we don't have to deal with. And I'm not minimizing the pain of women. I'm just saying like there is distinct differences with how we both interact with the flow of our emotions and our experience of our emotions. And, and they're wildly different. Like, again, go watch the replay of the um, Mondays with MJ just from the last week and just see me watching with the woman see me working with the woman on the end. And again, you'll see this more and more as you work with more men. Cause if you don't have context, you don't realize like that was like seven minutes and it was just in and out. Straight down. Yeah. Straight, straight into the basement, straight to the little girl, straight to love, straight back out. No, like no mums, nothing in the whole, the whole time. Right. Again, you'll, and you'll see this when we work with men in those instances, that's not, that's not how that works. Occasionally it works like that, but no, 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 no. So, uh, so yeah, man, that's that. Uh, We're forty minutes in. Should we check on some? Uh... Wow, dude, there's so many comments. Hey, we've got really? seventeen people watching. Awesome. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I know Stephen Blair. Gambling money. Read them out loud. They say it's four trillion to one being a human being, and uh, and no one takes it seriously. Couldn't agree more. Playing around with the stock market is that gambling? No. It's quite different, Steve. Okay, depends. It could be. It could oh, be absolutely gambling. Could be gambling. <laughs> you guys, but I know. I know that guy. I think he's gonna be. He's gonna be in one of our containers soon. So yeah, man. Like. I'm so happy to sit in the world of love and respect and honor for all. And there's a part of me, which I feel like loving and respecting and honor you is being like, dude, like more, like more of you, more love, more like joy, more joy, like more peace. Yeah. Like you got to not like there are parts of you, which are hurting and you got to go like figure that out. Do you know what I mean? Like you're in pain. Learn how to heal yourself. You can do a significant amount of that for free. Right? Like watch our content. It works. Right? Like 
I'm even shocked that it works sometimes, like on Monday night. I'm like, oh, mm. it's crazy that this works, right? But it works. And again, you don't have to take my word for that. You can just do it yourself. You know, download the Corona Anxiety Toolkit, work through the exercises that I talk about. It's all there. And you can, you can figure it all out and you can become the hero in your own life and your whole life can radically change. And it takes you to do it and no one's going to do it for you. And the best time to start is yesterday. Second best time to start is now. God. Right. It just feels like, you know, being the king in your own life is so easy to put on the back burner. Mm. It's like, it really is. Like, let's go yeah. make money first. Like, let's get a fucking business. Like, let's yeah. get a, like, you know, let's have a hot girlfriend. Like, let's be buff. Like, you know, let, here's, like, oh. great. Here's, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently that I think we can play on. Who would you say the most successful person alive is today? Bill Gates, Elon Musk. We'd pick someone like that. Right. Yeah. Again, we'll just, just dance yeah, with yeah. me. All right. Yeah. Just dance with, or Warren Buffett or someone like that. Okay, great. So then you reverse engineer if you want to be successful, you reverse engineer how that person lived their life and you copy them. Right. So you start a business, you work a hundred hours a week, you don't have too many relationships, you sacrifice absolutely everything for your business and you go and make it happen. Cool. All good. Let's change our question. Who's the most successful person that's ever lived? That's a genuine question. Now, the first, the first way we have to answer this question is, well, what constitutes success? Yeah, that's exactly right. Great. So is the most successful person who's ever lived the richest person who's ever lived? It's a very uh, easy answer, that one. No. No, of course not. Great. What would constitute living the most successful life that you could possibly live? That would you think? For me, kindness comes up. Beautiful. Um, kindness. For me, service. Service. Um, and love, I'd say. Right. Kindness, service, love. And I would also put in there something like legacy. Because again, it's ever lived. Legacy is huge. Great. So something that exists past your death, kindness, love, and service. Okay, great. The successful, the most successful person who's ever lived cannot be anyone else other than Buddha, Lao Tzu, Muhammad, and Jesus. It can't be anyone else other than those four. Like who, who would have an argument saying that someone like Muhammad isn't one, of the, isn't one of the most successful people who's ever lived? Someone like Jesus or the Buddha isn't one of the most successful people that's ever lived? Well, someone like, so my interpretation is that someone who has sacrificed themselves for humanity. Well, sure. Someone who's dedicated their life to raising human consciousness. Now, again, we're in religion territory right now. So everyone's already fucking freaking <laughs> out. And they're like, but what about the crusades? And like fucking everyone calm down, right? If you're a militant atheist right now, calm down. There are no, uh, no, no conversions are happening here. Let's just take a fucking chill pill. Let's I'm ready use... to baptize anyone. If, yeah, we're like, not going to baptize come... anyone. I don't even have, I do have water near me, but we're okay, right? Let's also acknowledge religions had a wildly complicated relationship with humanity. Cool. Let's put all of that down, right? Let's recognize that at the core of all of these great spiritual teachers who've ever lived, at the core, not that which their followers wrote after their death, is something along the lines of, you have a place within yourself that is unconditional love. If you live from that place, the world will be utopia. Cool. Let's just all agree. You can basically find the same sentence in most great spiritual teachers' work. Great. Everyone relax. So how did those people live their life? Right? Well, their relationship to themselves, their relationship to the deepest parts of themselves was the most important thing that they did. They focused on joy. They focused on sacrifice. And they focused on service, even at the cost of their own life. It's like hectic. Mm. Imagine if that's how everyone in the world lived. Love for myself, truth and faith, sacrifice myself, live in joy, give to the people around me. What if that constituted success and create something, stay with me here, create something which continued that legacy of love after my death. Now, yes, then human beings come along and fuck it up. Cool, right? But imagine if that's what we all as a society chose to have as our metric for success rather than how many billions can I make? Right. Again, mm. we just 
we're in such a different category. And so, keep going. I've got a defense mechanism that's coming up. It's like, but it's different now. Like okay. that was that was thousands of years ago. Great. You know, like we all got to survive, like in a yeah. way. Yeah. And oh. right now, if we got together as a civilization, and I'm not saying this to reduce the complexities of the problem that we're facing. That's not what I'm saying. Right now, if we got together as a society, could we create a society, society with everything that we have right now where we could feed everyone on the planet every day? I was thinking about something else, man. I was just tuned out there for a second. Dude. I have no, I have no idea what you just said. What were you thinking about? I was just thinking about um, like the ultimate goal for, for my dad. Mm. Like what, what would be the ultimate goal for him? And I think him being on his deathbed, all he would ever want to see is that he raised kids. You know, in his words, he'd say like successful and able to, 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 to fend for themselves and all that. But like yeah. at, the, at the core of it is that they were good people. Exactly. Exactly. Because you people. can be a good person and make a shitload of cash. For sure. You're just putting good person before success. Yeah. It's like, well, what if we just all did that? What if we did good people? What if we did love? What if we did care and joy first? And then we dealt with everything else second. What if we put become yourself, be the king, love yourself, connect with who you really are, find out what your purpose is, find what your meaning is, get curious, become a person who can speak the truth, who can move through the world, who can communicate effectively, discover your emotions, clear your anger, clear your sadness, clear all that inner criticism, all the stuff in your basement, deal with your trauma, heal the darkness, do that, and then go live your life. Imagine if we flipped it, right? MJ Fitzpatrick, what are we learning at this current time right now? You mean you and me? No, just the fucking universe. Oh, well, we're learning the same things that we're always learning. I don't think the lessons have changed. It feels like the lessons have changed. It feels uh, like we're, we're waking it, up. Well, it's on what time frame? It's all about time frame. Like human beings have been separate from chimps for 6 million years. Can you hear that car alarm, by the way? That's, that's I can't. In- can. That's inconvenient. It's gone now. I, uh, Dude, I, I'm, I, I, used, I used my telepathic powers to shut it up. Man, I'm reading. Really, that's um, why I wear the crown. Um, all right, now, buddy. What are we? Uh, what are we learning? I feel like we're, we've always we're always learning the same lessons. It's just can enough of us learn them to like do what we need to do? I don't really think the lessons have changed that much. I think we've needed to go through different stages of evolution. But like there are um, there are cave paintings in France. I can't remember how to pronounce them, but there's a documentary about them. I think by Anthony Bourdain or one of those guys where they like go into this cave in France and they're the oldest paintings that they've ever been able to find. And they're by bisons and, um, and men and all this. And they're, they're, they're actually fucking beautiful. And there's two sets of paintings in this cave. One of them is 30,000 years ago and the other one's 35,000 years ago. Now, just so everyone can take a breath here, that means that from, the, from today, all the way back till before the pyramids were built, right? All of that time, the same tribe of people were going to one cave. Think about that. Oh. Think about that. I thought you were going to say something different. No, no, no. From from before the pyramids to now is about 4,000 years. All of the stuff that's happened in the 4,000 years, all of that, pyramids, Napoleon, World War I, World War II, birth of Jesus, birth of Muhammad, birth of Buddha, all of that, all that shit that happened is less than the time that one tribe of people used to go to the same cave to pray to <laughs> probably a god. Think about that, right? Dude, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reading Sapiens at the moment. Cool. This is a kick-ass book. Yeah, man. This is a kick-ass book. And like at the start, it, it's got a timeline and like yes. at, it's, 35,000 years ago, yes. right? <laughs> extinction of the Neanderthals. Yes. Like 30,000 years extinction of the Neanderthals. That's pretty much when human beings came along. Well, this species. 
this well piece. that's when it's when we killed everyone else we, yeah. we were around way longer than that but even still it's like on that time frame we've learned our lessons right like our lessons are love truth faith joy togetherness connection openness right like cooperation be with people right yeah, don't, yeah. don't judge yourself right like we fucking know we definitely know we just don't have a society that's that's like that is directed in the right direction in my very humble like interpretation of that and so like i think we should all do what we can to try and guide that society in a better direction and that's not burn the society down right it's like well let's do the only thing that we can do which is to become the person that we would want our like other people to be in our own life like let's live with love and compassion and joy and let's speak the truth and do what we can to help people and uh, like you know you can read especially a book like the Tao, and i like the Tao because there's no big fuck religion attached to it it's very clean it's like it tells you what to do in the book right now i think it takes us two thousand years to understand the lessons right <laughs> but i think we've already learned them the lessons are already there we're just not smart enough to understand them and i think we're getting to a place now where we understand them it's just about whether or not we're going to do it i think we are <sighs> so much yeah man <laughs> so much but i'd so much rather be thinking about all of this than gambling man imagine that that it all just stopped all the abuse all the drinking to suppress the emotions all the gambling the drugs dude imagine imagine what it would be like if all of it disappeared, all the trauma. Now we can't control all of it. There's still car crashes. There's still, do you know what I mean? Like, like trees still fall over. There's still hurricanes. There's still earthquakes. Cool. Yeah. Suffering's still going to happen. Suffering's still going to happen. Great. But what about the suffering that we can genuinely control? Like without just not even with technology, just with human beings and other human beings, the interpersonal trauma that happens. Imagine if we just wiped that away. Imagine life. Just doesn't feel like it'd be real. Well, that's your defense mechanism. Fuck that. Like that's where I'm. I'm. Do, I'm doing everything to create. You're, ba you're basically talking about world peace. That's what well, you're really talking we, about. We may <laughs> not even be in world peace. We may still fight wars. I, I don't. I don't know if world peace. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you gotcha. know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't want people to think that this is us all sitting around in a circle singing Kumbaya. I don't mean <laughs> that, right? Because like. There are really like there are there are people there are tribes of people who've hated each other for thousands of years. Do you know what I mean? Like we just can't walk, we just can't walk in there and run. Everyone love each other. It's like fuck you. Right? I'm just thinking about all those those world miss universes that just say, "What are you after? World yeah. peace, world yeah. peace." Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine, just it's imagine. Like, great. Go go sit down in the middle of the Gaza Strip and say, "Let's find world peace." It's like. Oh, and they're so hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. And the guy who judged that contest and created that contest is the president of the United States. That's a whirlwind. Right? Really? 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 That was Donald Trump's thing. Now, um, Donald so Trump. Wait, hold on a second. No, 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 no. You do this on your own time. Do this on your own time. Right? Um, no. Now, in everything that we just said, like, dude, that's, you're exactly right. Imagine if we could treat each other better. And I don't think we knew that'll that'll rest you with. I don't think we knew how to do that because I think we needed the deep spiritual knowledge, right? I, you know, I say the answer to life is Taoism, Christianity, and evolutionary psychology. You put those three things together, you take the, the pure nature of each of those three massive sections of humanity, you put those three three things together, and I think you're good. Right? I think I think that's the set. Right, you need each of those three philosophies. You need them for different reasons. You need different parts of them. You can put some of them away. You can keep other parts. Like, and again, don't get triggered here. No baptisms here. You have those three things, and you put them together, and I think we can solve it. Right, but we needed the evolutionary psychology bit. Right, we needed to know that we evolved. We need to understand the human mind. We need to know that we have a rational part of our brain and an emotional part of our brain. Right, we need to understand all these different components. But we understand them now. Mm. Right, we, we got it. And it's like put those three things together. And we're good. And 
you and I know from our own lives and from seeing other men who approach this work and who do the work and stay committed and love themselves, we see the shit. It's like, oh, wow, you used to hate yourself and be really overweight. And now you love yourself and you're alive with joy and you've lost all this weight. Oh, wow, you used to work in a job that you hate and now you work in a job that you love and you've got a new girlfriend and that's amazing, right? <laughs> like you and your partner were about to break up and now the two of you love each other, right? Like we see shit where you're just like, what the fuck is happening? It's like that's available if you approach the work. And it's like, we don't charge nearly, I mean, right now we don't charge anything, but like we don't charge nearly enough, right? Our program should be $4 million, right? <laughs> That's the true investment, right? There, there are people that we could list off. Think about the level two guys. If we got them in a room, right? And I said, how much is this really worth? Let's, let's go to, let's, on your deathbed. Let's, go, let's talk to you on your deathbed and you tell me how much your life diverged when you met yourself, you found the light and you fell in love with yourself. You tell me what really would have happened at that fork. And then you tell me how much money that was and what the universal experience will be was it's priceless. Yeah, that's right. Finding yourself is priceless. Uh, it's priceless. And it's so, man, life can be so good. And this doesn't come from someone who's like just smoked bongs his whole life. Like for some of it, but sorry, mom, but I've, I've been there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've been in the darkness. I've been broken. I get it. Depression, the whole thing, man. I get it. I've been a king. I was the king of avoidance. I'm with you, man. And I've lived that life. And now I get to not live that life. And I can tell you definitely do the work. Hello, Taylor. Taylor just tried to sneak past. I don't think it went very well. Wow. Yeah. We're just live streaming the podcast. Yeah. We love, love you, too. Taylor. Yeah. Bye-bye. For those of you oh, who don't know, man. Taylor's my roommate. Sorry, housemate, <laughs> not roommate. <laughs> oh, shit. P.S. So, side note, uh, so many people are going to be wanting, wishing that they could share bedrooms right now. I guarantee it. Sorry, what that they had separate bedrooms right now. I guarantee it. So oh. many people stuck at home, can't escape their partner, wish they had a second bedroom set up right now. Yeah, for all the people that don't know, uh, MJ has uh, his own bedroom and Taylor, his fiance, has her own bedroom. Yeah, and it's the best. And people who are under 60, when I tell this to them, they immediate judgment and that's okay because we'll see who's right. People over 60, I tell this to them, universal response. That's the smartest idea I've ever heard of. <laughs> universal. 60 is pretty high. Yeah, it's like they got it. They got to be deep into marriage before they can see the like, wow, you really got it there. Dude, can you just, how the fuck did you get that idea? Like, was that uh, some, from somebody else? Or like, where no, the it was, I think, I think Taylor and I kind of both came up with it, but it was also like, she kind of led the charge. And I'm like, of course I want my own bedroom. Like one, I don't ever sleep well next to someone. Like if you and I sleep in the same bed, we're not going to sleep as well as we do if, if we sleep in separate yeah, 100%. beds. hundred percent. Right? It's like, so- Okay, cool. So then, okay, so I don't sleep better. Okay, well, it's nice to have to cuddle and to have sex. Sorry, mom. Uh, can have sex without having to sleep in the same bed. That's possible. Okay, great. So then cuddling and like waking up next to each other. Okay, cool. I can just go into her room when I wake up. Great. Uh, so there's, you could, yeah. There's no you downside. Can, there is no downside because you can also sleep in her bed and she can if, also sleep Yeah, if you really want to. Yeah, but, it's happened zero times, but hey, it's an option. Yes. The, the option is there. Exactly. Now, cool. If you, can't, if you don't have the resources to be able to get a second bedroom, like we're very fortunate. Cool. Got that. But like, man, it's amazing. If I like, you know, I was on holidays. We're about to be on holidays. It's like, imagine if I was just fed up. I've worked a 15 hour day and I just want to be alone. And then I can't, my options are either living room or bedroom. And there's another person in the bedroom. And even she's my fiance. She's my favorite person in the world. I love her to death. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I just want to like be alone and have my own space. And not have to worry about like, are we going to change the quilt cover to be this color or this color? I want this color and I want this color. Well, how about fuck you? I have my own bedroom, right? Like, are you going to put the seat up or down? How about I have my own fucking toilet and you can do what you like with your toilet? Do you know what I mean? Like, Dude, if yeah. you told this to my dad, he'd be like, he'd be like, what on earth? Like, you yeah, know, and I like, bet what? you your mom inside would be like, it's onto something. Probably. Yeah, like think about all of the women who just don't sleep well because their husbands snore yeah. all the time. 
Think about all those couples. The women would be like, you just have your own bedroom if you want. But the immediate oh. reaction, mom and dad aren't sleeping in the same bed. There, what? What are they doing? Yeah, they're fighting. They're, they're fighting. Just, that, that's exactly right. Or yep. that's not the right way to live a marriage. Yep, there you go. It's like, that's an interesting story. Where has that come from? That's random. Well, where has that come from? No idea. Well, but yeah. I just want to powerfully support teams sleep in separate bedrooms. It's amazing. Try it for a week. You won't go back. Dude, but I even think if you went to the 60-year-olds and said, this is what I do, they wouldn't change it. Maybe not. Because like yeah. you're so ingrained. Yeah. Like, yeah. like man. Dude, I would love to live in two terraces where we just <laughs> knock a wall. It's like three levels. Living room on the bottom level, no wall. Second floor, the kids' um, wall. Oh, sorry, no wall. So they've got the little bedroom. And then third level, my bedroom, Taylor's bedroom, and just maybe not even a door. Maybe just a wall between us and you have to go downstairs and then come upstairs to get into each other's bedroom. Delightful. Dude. <laughs> that would be delightful. Some part of me is like, that would actually be cool. <laughs> that would be delightful. Like top third floor, we both have our own apartments. Second floor, we share with the kids. And then yeah, the third floor is just one big living room. It's just joined. Sold. Sold. Man. Yeah. That's that's the dream. Coming up with some good shit. Thanks, man. I don't have anything else to do, so yeah. <laughs> um, what's the time, man? Like, two past. Oh, We've just had 60 it. minutes. Let's do All one right. last look through the uh oh dude, we've still got 13 people. This is so good. We're uh getting better. Thanks, guys. Hey MJ, happy Easter. Hey Jono, happy Easter from Michael Waiter. You lucky bastard, Jono. Can he be my dad too? From Andre. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Mark, everything wants every, everyone wants everything yesterday because they're running out of time, says the inner voice. Andre. Oh, oh, here we go. Andre's been to the caves I was talking about in France. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course you have, Andre. You've also been to the moon, right? <laughs> hey, dude, uh, can, you get, can you get your chain, <laughs> please? Oh, nah, not this one. <laughs> not this one. Also, for episode 100 i'll bring out the chain i'm gonna take i'm gonna take screenshot control what is it control three i think control shift three Dude, how about i just take the screenshot for you yeah i got it well done, all right man. good for you to figure out your tech. <laughs> wait all can right. you look, you look at the screen peace out three two one. Oh, oh, you shared screen you and technology are so bad this is great how do I stop? stop wow, that was terrible. I'm that glad that we terrible. got that on camera. Oh, man. There you go. I took, a say, uh, I took some screenshots. Nice. All right, homie. Look, much love. Um, have a good... What are you doing on the weekend? Yeah, it's Easter. Yeah, like, what the hell? Eat some sugar. But... I've been so good, man. I'm hey dude, tell you one of my favorite Jesus facts. This fucking knocked me when it hit me. Let's assume that uh we'll leave on this. Let's assume that you know Jesus is the ultimate hero for the Western civilization. Just put everything else aside. He was born, it says in the Bible that he's born in March, I think, but we celebrate his birthday in uh December, the 25th, 25th of December. You know why? Because the darkest night of the year in the north is the 25th of December right? It's traditionally the darkest night of the year. And so the hero with the light is born at the darkest night. <laughs> what? But why do we actually celebrate it in December? Well, depends if you're a Jungian or not. If you're a Jungian, we celebrate it because it's in December. If you're not a Jungian, it's because the Christians were trying to steal a pagan uh, ceremony and were trying to convert pagans who worship the sun god. Uh, and so they just like copied all of their things and then just moved forward. Depends on where you float your boat. It's probably a bit in the middle. Dude, I was born in March though. Come well, on, man. Dude, here you go. You can be Hollywood Jesus. I could be. Yeah. Yes. Hollywood Jesus. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Cool, bro. Uh, right, let's uh, skedaddle. All right, man. Goodbye. See everyone. you later.